Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is Friday night. Yeah, Tony's starting to show off. Miss Leisha, she will be joining us shortly. But you are tuned in to Let's Chat with our Friday night edition. We are so happy that you guys are joining us. And we have a fantabulous show scheduled. You know, Leisha always comes up with these hot, topics that we discuss on our show, and we also discuss them with our phenomenal guests. And tonight's topic is men all pause, and that's P-A-U-S-E, not the P-A-W-S, because you know it can go both ways, I'm just saying. (laughs) So I'm going to be interested to hear what she has in store for us and what she means by the men all pause, because I like to just tune into the topic the night of, so... I can be with everyone else when we say, hmm, okay, Leash, we're going to see where that goes. But once again, you're tuning in to Let's Chat off Friday Night Edition. My name is Tony, and our phenomenal co-host, Leisha, she will be joining us momentarily. She's actually on the road, so she's going to be doing the road show tonight. So while we wait for her to join us here in the chat room, I'm going to go ahead and let our listeners know, because, you know, sometimes we have new listeners, and they may not know what Let's Chat is all about. But here on Let's Chat, we love to celebrate literature the royal way, and not just literature. You know, Alicia and I, we bring some phenomenal guests and, and such a myriad of passions and topics, 
and things that they bring to the table. We've had musicians and we've literally had musicians on the red carpet giving Alicia and I an interview here on Let's Chat. We've also had publishers, publishers, um, sorry, I got a little dyslexic there. We've had, uh, as I myself are, we've had um, publishers, lawyers, actors. We've had some of everything come to the doors of Let's Chat and share their passion and knowledge with Alicia and I and our wonderful listeners. So we hope that you guys have gotten some great nuggets. Uh, you can check out our um, archives and pick any show, you will not be disappointed. Uh, They really, really come on and share their knowledge and what got them into what they're passionate about. So check our archives out. You will not be disappointed. But our show allows all our readers, authors, and everyone else to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We love, like I said, feeling their passion for what it is that they do and to know why they do what they do. So we have a great show on tap tonight. We have some great authors. Actually, we have Imani Wisdom. Hmm, I love that name. We have Denise Cardi and Antoine Floyd Jr. So they're going to be joining us here on Let's Chat Momentarily. And while we wait for Alicia to come back on, I'm going to hit you up with some music because we've had a great, great slew of musicians come in. And they usually just, you know, slide Alicia and I some music for our show. So we're going to grace you with Bebo. Yes, Bebo is not just an author. He is a singer as well. The keys to Moline. So enjoy Aaron Bebo's single, and I'll be right back. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three-round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention, and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. Pump like handles so she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thigh. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like flash yards, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, 
I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, you the old fifth when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. Yeah, how you doing love? What's your name, number and sign? You so divine, let me look at you from behind Yeah, your body banging, coke bottle, some type of model Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow Got my attention Got my head spinning, the kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting, chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody. We hope you enjoyed that single from the one and only director himself, Aaron Bebo. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? Hey, T. Hey, y'all. What's going on in the chat room? Talking about what we do here on Let's Chat for our listeners, our new listeners that may be joining us. You know, we like to let them know what Let's Chat is all about. Once again, my name is Tony, and I'm finally joined by my phenomenal one and only co-host, Miss Alicia. I was about to let them know, Lisa, that the Ladies of Less Chat has been nominated. It's so exciting to be nominated for an award. <laughs> yes, and we're excited about that. You can vote still up until the 10th of October. Head over to um, MVP Public, MVP MVPAwards.com um, forward slash vote. And make sure you vote for the Ladies of Less Chat. We're excited. Um, it's a great opportunity to know that we were nominated. That means that people watch us. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, and I say that to say a lot of times you don't know who's watching you. People watching you and right. you don't even know it. You know, people know who you are you don't even know it. Um, and that's an awesome thing. And that's really how word of mouth gets started. That's true. That's true. And just to be in the company of those that we are in the company of in that ballot, and not only the latest let's chat, guys, uh, Leisha's publishing company, Ryan Royalty's promotion, has also been nominated for an award. So that's two, two checks we would like for you guys to give to us, and uh, we would be much obliged. And thank you so much. Absolutely, absolutely. We're excited here on Let's Chat, though. We're excited for everybody. Everybody that's nominated, everybody that, you know, works really hard to push their brand and push Mm -hmm. uh, the things that they have going on to push their books. And it's it's really, really exciting. I just noticed today that um, Boogie Dash was following me on Instagram. 
And I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice. Because normally I don't follow people back on Instagram. And I do that because, not because I'm bougie, but social media 101, y'all. More people are supposed to be following you than you're following. So if you're only following, I think I'm only following like 200 people on my second Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so more people should be following you than you're following them. Um, and that's how you kind of build up more. And so I just happened mm-hmm. to see him like a, a, a photo. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice um, that he was following mm-hmm. us. But he has new music out. So check my page on Facebook. Um, I shared it there. I told him I would share it. So um, exciting. Mhm. It is exciting. You know, like you say, you never know who's watching you. So uh, make sure you check her out, her page out. And nine times out of ten, if I see something, I usually grab it and share it with the people that follow me as well. But check us out. You know, we, we share a lot, not just books and music, but just things relating to life in general itself. So uh, you follow us, we follow back. So we have a great show tonight, Leisha. I was telling our listeners that I like to tune in on the topics that you give us, and uh, we have men all pause, and I make sure I spell the pause, P-A-U-S-E, and not the P-A-W-S, because you know it can go both ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, I did that because our first guest, um, Antoine Floyd, he always talks relationships on his page. If you don't know who he is, um, he's a fabulous author. He is the owner of Malaysia, I think that's how you pronounce it. And he mm-hmm. always talks relationships on his page. And so mm-hmm. that popped in my mind so we could talk that talk with him a little bit. But you know, men they always pausing. You know, like my mom used to say, a man gonna be sniffing up under your skirt when you're thirty, forty, fifty years old. So go on and do what you gotta do because oh. they're gonna be sniffing under your skirt regardless. <laughs> oh, ooh. Go ahead, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so it was exciting to uh, get his 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 take on just the man male female relationships because he always talks relationships um, outside of books. That's everybody has to have a niche. Social media one oh two. Always have a niche on social media. Always have something that your page is known for. Your page should not just say buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. It should be something shared from someone else's um, work. It should be um, maybe some events that might have popped in on your page, some current events, but it or you just talking about things that are important to you. Um, but it should just be well-rounded. It shouldn't just be book. Um, and right. that's one thing that's really important. Um, especially on social media, you know, you have to mm-hmm. have a little bit of everything on there. And he definitely has that on there. We got a fabulous, fabulous show today. We're going to bring in our first guest. Hey, okay. Antoine, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, welcome to Let's Chat, Mr. Antoine. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, for all those that don't know who you are and they're not a, uh, familiar with your work, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your brand, and your books. Well, my name is Antoine Floyd Senior. Um, I'm an author, 
uh, self-published. I published my own book. Been published since '09. Um, I started off in the uh, urban fiction genre. As the years went by, it seems as if the genre was getting a bit oversaturated. So my last few offerings, I have been writing in the mystery crime fiction genre. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that. And so, now, how difficult was what it? Made you, I'm sorry, Lee. Mm-hmm. No, I think we're going on the same path. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to so, ask the so same what made question you because over. you know you you normally write street lit, right? So what made you segue into the crime fiction? Because if you look on Amazon. Everybody and their grandma writes urban fiction. And a lot of them have the <laughs> same type of titles. You know what I'm saying? The same mm-hmm. thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't even know what it is. I think uh, you're losing them. Something. Can, Could you hear me? Can you hear us, Antoine? Okay, you're losing them. You made it out. Tell us that again. Oh, okay. All right. I said, I, I feel like it's oversaturated. I um, used to read it a lot. I don't even hardly read it anymore. Um, but I, every now and then I still read it. But it has the same, like, similar titles, um, same storyline. I, I think it's a place for it, but I think people need to become more creative with it because it's like um. they're just using the same copy and paste formula. Um, let me see. It's the drug dealer. get the best-looking girl. He get He's trying to get out the game. He get caught up, he get betrayed, he go to jail, then he get out and do it all over mm-hmm. again. And they stretch that out to like seven mm-hmm. or eight books. It just got mm-hmm. boring to me. So I switched over mm-hmm. to writing mysteries. So plus, it's not that many um, black, it's not that many black mystery writers out there. So it's the room to move. Mm-hmm. So when you said that it's the same thing over and over, um, because you know a lot of times they write their life, so you know it's always the repeat thing of when they go from behind the wall, they come home, home for six months. Because you know within six months you're going to get tried. That's where you know everything kind of breaks down. You're home for six months, then you go back. I think they're writing about maybe their own personal situation. But how do you feel like just as uh, a man in general, where you just see so many men just repeating the same things and making the same mistakes and never kind of learning? It's okay to make mistakes that you learn from, but when you keep doing the same thing and you're not learning from it, does that frustrate you um, as a man because it's it's kind of productive for the males? Not really, um, because mm-hmm. I feel like at a certain point, every man is responsible for his own action. And if if you don't make the effort that you need to make to change up your your um your results, then you're gonna keep getting the same results over and over again. Um, the thing that's frustrating to me is. 
the younger generation, uh, people not really doing what they need to do to make sure that the younger ones don't end up in the same cycle as the older ones. That's the frustrating part to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, more black folk not working together, that's frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. We kind of touched that, that on, on that on our show last night, Lee. That's kind of in the same, you yeah. know, same realm. And do you think that that's what the struggle is in urban fiction to the in 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 the black authors with the with the black authors and in the uh, literary industry? Do you think that's part of what some of the issues are not being able to work with each other? Oh, definitely, I, I do see that as well. But I don't know. I guess you have to take it on a case by case basis because mm-hmm. people are some people. Yes. Um, sometimes you know you have to just take it on a case by case basis because you know um, a lot of people do work together. A lot of people are clicked up, but that's kind of a problem too because only certain people only mess with certain clicks. You know, it, it's not mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. A, a, a a complete true each one, teach one. You know, each everybody help each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, only certain mm-hmm. people only mess with certain people, but I guess that's fine too, because that's how it is in life in real life. That's Everybody life. just don't mess yeah, with anybody. exactly. Mm, that's so, true. So I know you just I, announced that your bookstore was closing, um, yes. but I want to go back to when you decided to open it up. What mm-hmm. made you feel the need to open up that bookstore and be able to? Um, have books and distribute books? Because um, myself, I'm an author, and I wanted a route to sell my own book. So I got a kiosk, and I was selling my own book. But I figured if people bought my books and they liked them, then they'd buy other people's books. So I started reaching out to authors mm-hmm. and having them send me books. And I got so many books, so my kiosk got full, and I had to move into a store. Mm-hmm. So that's how the okay. whole thing really started, just for myself. And how long did you have the bookstore open? I was open for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was open for two years. That's awesome. And Thank so you. now you've decided to close it and share with us what your plans are because uh, in your uh, message, you know, you were really um, – you really reiterated that you wanted it was time for you to tour and push your work. Tell us a little bit about what your plans are now that um you're closing the store. Um, yes. Like I said in my video, I am going on the road twenty eighteen. Um, I named my tour the Welcome Home Tour because um my about eighty percent of my customer demographic are women, black women. So I'm going to go to where black people at. And I feel like anywhere I go where black people are, I'm home. So that's why I call it the Welcome Home Tour. So I am okay. going to... Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. going to ask you, um, this, this, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. 
Okay, this is Tony. I was going to ask you, how are you going to attract the new readers that are new to your pen? You know, you want to be able to not just attract who's already in your corner as far as reading your book. Um, How are you going about, you know, expanding your readership? Um, That's what I plan. That's part of my plan as far as with my, um, my tour that I have that I've been putting together. I have events planned mm-hmm. in different cities, and I'm working with um, different authors in different cities. And I've been working on my um, getting my Twitter up. Um, Twitter has been I've been mm-hmm. gaining readers off of that. I, I I used to kind of shy away from Twitter, but that's been helping me a little bit. And I have been blogging, um, blogging, uh, trying to put more content out there. Like she, um, like mm-hmm. like she was speaking of, like Lisa was speaking of before with the social media, how you have to talk about mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. things. I had to talk about different things. Um, that's what I do right. with my blogging. I write about. I don't write about what's in my books. I write about different subjects, and there's people mm-hmm. uh-huh. start to become attracted to my blog, and they like my blogs, and like my writing in my blogs, and they check out my work. Absolutely. That's a good idea, though. That is. It is. I like that. I, I like that idea. Thank you. Now, tell us about your latest book, because you have a new book coming out. So tell us what's going on with that pen. Okay. Um, yes, I do have a new book coming out. It will be out next month. It's called Dope Fiction 2, Dope Fiction Part 2, Greed Between the Lines. And basically, it's the sequel to Dope Fiction. Which was about these four women. They all came up together. One went to prison. Came home with a grudge against the other three. And she started picking them off one by one. That's what happened oh. in part one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's what happened in part, part one. And part two uh-huh. is going to be the continuation to that. Oh, you got my interest, okay. Yeah. So that one was actually now, pretty popular here in Indiana. Uh-huh. I, I, Say that again. I sell a lot of my books. I sell a lot of my books um, hand in hand, face to face. I like to. I'm a very um, customer service type of person, so I like to get out in the street and talk to people. So I make a lot of hand to hand sales. So that book is like my bestseller out here in Indiana. So a lot of people are looking mm-hmm. forward to part two. Mm. Okay. And how long did it Sounds take like a you winner. to write a book? Especially you, you also, you're very busy. Yes, it's been so taking me longer so than... So busy um, yeah, with doing it, it, so many other things. How long does it take you to actually sit down and be able to write your book start to finish? Um, it used to take me a really long time, but I learned this new method. Um, they say write 10 pages a day. If it's flowing or if it's not flowing good, just write 10 pages a day. And at the end of the month, you have 310 pages. Mm. So that's my new method. Is it working for you? Yeah, it's working. You know, even because, you know, it's just a, a, a rough draft, but at least you wrote 300 pages in a month. So that's a good start. Yeah, that's that's a very good start. 
Now, when you what what do you how do you overcome writer's block? Have you ever experienced that since you're writing so many pages per day? Uh, yes, I have um, come across writer's block, and usually what I do mm-hmm. is I um okay first you know how to become a writer or anybody who's in the public eye in any kind of fashion, be that mm-hmm. a singer or whatever, an actor, you have to have a bit of an mm-hmm. ego to even think that anybody would want to read what you wrote. So <laughs> I embrace <laughs> I embrace my inner <laughs> ego. So when I get writer's block, what I do is I go to Amazon and I read all of my reviews. And that kind of pumped me up. So I read all, you know, all my reviews, and they're, they're good. Mm-hmm. So I see that as a way of saying, like, okay, Antoine, they like what you did. They waiting on the next one. And that kind of excites me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Antoine, this is Tony. I'm interested in what else your inner ego um, have you doing. What Other than, than your writer's block, what else do you dig down into that ego for? <laughs> <laughs> You should just ask. <laughs> so you got a question on your mind. <laughs> okay. On a typical day for Mr. Antoine, uh, other than writing, what what is it that you like to do? <laughs> go ahead and spit it out there. <laughs> yeah. Me, I don't know. Uh, I like to enjoy the company of women. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, okay. Be it, be it platonic or non-platonic, I just like to be around space. Okay. okay. Now, our topic today is men all pause. And on your page, you know, your thing is relationships. You, you are always talking about relationships. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit um Talk a little bit about that and why you chose to dive in to um, tackle relationships because, you know, you have a lot of women on your page, so some stuff can get a little nasty sometimes. So tell us a little yeah. bit about why <laughs> that is um, something that you tackle daily on your page. Because, like I said, 80% of my customer fan base are black women. So, mm-hmm. um, and... I'm just throwing this number out there. I don't know the number for real, but I'll say about 70% of women jump into some crap in their life or going through some crap, want to send somebody through some crap. So I like to, a lot of stuff I like to post for, um, Dialoguing. <laughs> okay. You be saying it on purpose. Yeah. 
you look, you be messy on purpose. Look at you. Yeah, and I know people get mad for real, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just to get people talking. Okay, now what has been the most now, controversial see, thing that you've got going? And going. Wait, what now? What has been the most what has been the most controversial thing that you have gotten their goat up for? Um I remember. <laughs> I made a post about <laughs> the side chick. It was something like, um uh, guys always tell their side chick everything about their main woman. And uh-huh. then the side what chick comes that? to the main woman. The side chick comes to the uh-huh. main woman and make her look crazy. So what I said was, uh-huh. to me, to me. So what I said was, my my uh, in my comment, tell your man. We can't hear you. Hold on. Hello. Because we want to hear this. <laughs> Say it again. All right. Mm-hmm. Go it was hear a, this. It was, it was a meme. So in the comment, my comment, I said. Moral of the story: Tell your main woman about your side chick. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I got and, a question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got mm-hmm. a question. Okay, so my first <laughs> question is, why do they do that? Because this is the thing we talked about this yesterday on the show. Mm-hmm. When dudes get a side chick, he mm-hmm. determines whether she knows her position or not. And when you're telling her things about your woman, you're giving her leverage, which she's going to feel that she's the main chick and she's not. Mm -hmm. So when it all comes down and she's like, well, he told me this, you know, she knows she's going to put you on blast because it's not really about you. It's about trying to get your woman to leave. Right. Why do they do stupid stuff like that? That's stupid. You just said That's it right just there. like if you got a side dude you, and you, you tell him about you just, your man. You just said why. It's stupid. They don't know any better. <laughs> oh. Um, thank you for co-signing on that. <laughs> I'm saying you got a lot of controversial posts with that. They thought to catch fellas. The man. Mm. He thought to catch fellas. So what happens when everybody got feelings? We all live happily ever after. Somebody got to go. Want their cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. Say that again, Anton. So you got some juicy stuff there, but we can't hear what you're saying. I said that's what cake is for. You don't make cake to look at it. Oh, look at him coming up in here giving his uh his his male take on that cake. <laughs> I now like tell cake. me, do I you know, do they, like, and I understand I'm, that. I, they don't bake cakes to look at it. However <laughs> this is the thing, you put yourself in the position to lose. No you don't. You see what I'm saying? You do. No, you don't. Because this is the thing. You got the 80-20 wool. Your side chick is really only giving you 10% because the other 10% is, is personal issues enrooted uh, within yourself. Your, your mm-hmm. girl got the other 80% covered. So based on the 80-20 rule, she's giving you 10%. So you live in that 80% for a literally 10%. That's your perspective. It can be flipped the other side of the coin. 
I could be the eighty percent to my woman. And I'm going That's to get true. my other 10, I'm going to get that other ten percent from her and then I got my ten percent at home. Yeah, you done come in here and flipped everything around. <laughs> <laughs> but you got people that's but you got people that's leaving home for ten percent. That's what I'm saying. They not counting up what they got. Some but some some upgrade when they leave home. Oh. Every situation is different. You say say that again? When they leave home. He says they upgrade. Every situation is different. Everybody who uh, who step out on their upgrade. Everybody who step out on a woman ain't got a good woman at home. That's true. True. Okay, now I want to know, Antoine, are you the baker or the eater? <laughs> like type of the bowl. <laughs> what you say? He, 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 he looks nice enough the bowl. <laughs> oh my lord, you. <laughs> I like him, Lee. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, God, he eats it, ate it out the bowl, licked it clean. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it's he funny. Said, I don't know everybody thought they, they left behind. Hey, lady, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. I just seen a video with Gary Owen, you know, the comedian, the white dude. Uh-huh. Did you see uh-huh. him? Yeah. He was talking about his wife. Yeah, but I know who he is. So look, I just seen the video. He, post, he posted it on Facebook. He said, "I was sitting because you know he got a black wife." He said, "So I'm at home yeah. with my wife." He said, "I'm at home with my wife, and she's baking the cake, and she stick her finger in the icing and lick her finger." I said, "You stuck your finger in the icing and lick your finger?" She said, "So, ain't nobody in this. Ain't nobody eating. Only people eating this cake is people in this house." And everybody in this house became Oh no, we gotta say we couldn't hear you. The only people what? He said. He said you stuck your finger in the icing and licked the cake. I mean, you stuck your finger in right. the icing and licked your finger. She said, "So, only people eating this cake are people who live in this house." And everybody who lives in the house is like, I just can't be connected. Did you hear me? He, we lost him at the end. <laughs> and so we're going to have to have you just, you know, you got to the good part and you just faded out, buddy. We Every didn't hear time, huh? everyone in this house. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, only people he, eating this cake. He said, only people eating this cake is people living in this house. And everybody who lives in this house then came out of me or came in me. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we definitely needed to hear that. <laughs> she said, eat that cake. Said, eat that oh. icing, girl. You smart. Eat that icing. <laughs> that was a good one, Lee. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad you kept kept it up till we got it. I like that one, Anton. I like that. <laughs> yeah. 
man, that was good. That was good. Well, I'm going to give you a fun question, Antoine, and I think I'm going to have just a little bit of fun with you. We'd like to wrap up our interview here on Let's Chat with a Fun One. But before we do that, I want you to shout out your social media handles and everywhere people can get your books. And if you have any um, information about your your tour coming up, just let them know about that as well. Your Welcome Home Tour. Okay. Um, you can check me out at Antoine Floyd Senior on all my social media. You know, uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. I need some more followers. Um, that's Antoine Floyd Senior. Um, you can go to my website, Malia Salon, M A L E A H S O L A N G E dot com. Malia Salon dot com. Mm-hmm. And as far as the tour, um, just check my Facebook periodically. Um, I have some dates and stuff, um, but I haven't posted okay. them yet. Okay. So they can follow you. Well, we follow. Yes. Are you going to follow us back? Yes, of course. I follow everybody back. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to give you a fun question. And I, I think this is kind of right up your alley. If you can talk to any animal, what would you say and why? And what type of animal would it be? Oh, I've done that already. They call me Dr. Doolittle. Oh, you talk to animals? Yeah, I talk to the pussycat as often as I can. (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to have to have you back in the chat room. Definitely. Yeah, I say, come here, girl. Let me stroke you. Please, I did not expect that. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, my mess. Okay. okay. Hilarious. But I did want to ask before you go. Yes. Now, you have your website for your bookstore. How come you don't mm-hmm. continue an online bookstore? Because I would still have to deal with um, the inventory and stuff. People. And plus, that's going to still uh-huh. kind of like take away from me. Mm-hmm. You know, that would take away from me. Okay. And I need to start putting 100% uh-huh. to me. Uh-huh. Okay, I get that. I can understand. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Mm. Well, Anton, we have so enjoyed having you here on Let's Chat. <laughs> I hope Just you had as much fun as me, baby, because you, you, every oh, time yeah. you opened up your mouth, you had me, like, falling out of my seat up in here. <laughs> I'd like to hear a woman say that about me. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, well, well, we thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me. And, you know, you're always welcome back here anytime. I will. Thank you. Now, did you shout out your um, tour date and um, places you're going to be going? Um, I have the state, but I don't have, like, the exact dates yet. I have, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in Atlanta. And then in March, mm-hmm. I believe I'm going to Tonio. In April, I plan to go to North Carolina, uh, May, 
be in Virginia and well, uh, oh, back uh, uh, San Diego. And then in July, mm-hmm. I'm going to do Harlem. In August, I'm going to do Sacramento. Hmm. Okay. Well, you should follow well, your book check. Yeah, and try to get in on there. Um, I learned kickback one, one year. That's an awesome event yeah, to be I a know. part of. I, I miss, yeah. Did we lose them, Lee? Uh-oh. Yeah, We're going to have to have Antoine back with a better phone because we keep losing him. We don't want to lose you, Antoine, but we keep losing you, buddy. <laughs> I've been cheap. They made fun of me. Some authors came out to my store, um, Karen Lee and Sony K. And uh, mm-hmm. another author, I forgot her name. But um, they came out to my store to make fun of me because I have my cheap phone. <laughs> Every time they see me, it's to laugh. They they still they still joke about it. I'm like you ain't bought no new phone yet. Nope, I ain't bought no new phone. Right, yet. you can't be you can't be you can't yeah you got you need a new phone now. You you can't be you can't be cheap with the phone now. You gonna need that for something. Next now. time, I... nah nah. Exactly. I just, you know we didn't say much about much, but that right there, I'm gonna need you to get that situation in order. Exactly. Next time I see Shelly K, I'm going to tell her, you know, he still got that same phone. Came on, let's chat with it. I'm going to get him nowhere. I don't want to get him. Well, Anton, we enjoyed having you, and uh, like we said before, you're welcome back here anytime. You just let us know, hit one of us, and we'll make it happen. <laughs> That's what's up. Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> you're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Okay. Please, I uh, love him. Oh man, he had a great sense of humor. I didn't expect that, least. <laughs> right, but that's the thing, especially um, in with the ability to be able to sell yourself and your work. You gotta have a sense of mm-hmm. humor. You know what I'm saying? Something that grabs people, and he has right. that because he had me cracking up. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh man, he really had cracking me cracking up. up. I'm like. And when you talk to him, it doesn't seem like everybody. that's how he is. <laughs> exactly. He seems like real laid back and just quiet. Mm-hmm. Guess not. <laughs> but he had me rolling the exactly. whole time. <laughs> we appreciate everybody that tuned in to Let's Chat. We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll be back with our next guest. Okay. Nobody turns it up like breathing money team. We first the death, 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 we first the death,
money, fuck enemies. Niggas see through them in front of me. Nowadays, these rappers run around like a bunch of enemies, hopping around in skinny jeans. So much ice, I can freeze up. I'm not your boy, get your cheese up. You better stop sipping that lean and popping them pills before your heart freeze up. My nigga, that's real, y'all rapping. My nigga, this truth, y'all capping. My niggas, they trap, you acting. Y'all niggas, y'all broke, we stacking. Not Nike, but got a checklist. A dispensary and a check quick. Cause when a beat pop off in the text bit, I don't give a fuck about this record, it's shit. Get money like I serve them boulders. On the grind like I got that folders. I'll be on the front line with the soldiers. My turn and it's time to take over. We first to death, we first to death. We first to death, we first to death. Like a funeral. We first to death, we first to death. We first to death, we first to death. Like a funeral. We first, we first, we first, we first, we first, we first. Okay, okay. We first. We fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, okay. I came through put the game in a chokehold, make it hard for these rappers to breathe. Now I'm getting money by the boatload. You can read, ain't no caption with these. 15 naked chicks in the mansion. New team on the map expansion. Why your chick looking at me? She look like Delilah, you look like Samson. From the block to the pen to the penthouse. Had a bucket, now I pull bent out. I went from ashy to classy. Real diamonds, but yours look glassy. Three butt naked women in the hot tub. It's a process, get my young jock rub. Nine months later, got the game knocked up. We don't need help, got the game locked up. You thinking that you better than me? You must be on lean like the Tower of Pisa. Cause you gon' need an army of ghost riders And you gon' need the power of Jesus I ain't voting for the Trumps or the Clintons Or the propaganda they spittin' I'ma get this money, keep winning. I'ma get this money, keep winning. We first to death, we first to death You can't come We first to death, we first to death Like a funeral We first to death, we first to death You can't come We first to death, we first to death Like a funeral We fresh, we fresh, we fresh we fresh, we fresh, we fresh, okay, okay. We fresh, 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 okay. Hey, dig, we get this understood. If you don't know one thing about Ike burning that breeze of money team, you better know every time you see us, we stay fresh. From the car, the clothes, the shoes, the hoes, to them blue face hunt done. Nigga, we fresh. We stay fresh like a brand new bar soap, partner. BMT for life. We win. Yes, yes, that was Ike Breeze. We fresh. Shout out to Ike Breeze. We appreciate him for always, always thinking about us every time he drops a new album, every time he drops a new song, he always sends us a little something. So we really appreciate him. Here are less chat. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We've actually had Ike Breeze on our next- show a couple of times. So check out those archives. He always comes in. Yeah. I'm trying to get um and that brings me to this. If you are um a musician, if you are an independent artist and you would like your your music played on the show, just send us the MP three to the chat radio show at gmail dot com. We would be glad to put that on our show um and play that for you. We appreciate all the people that send us music, um, it's it's I, I love it. You know, the mm-hmm. ability mm-hmm. to be able to reach out and um, people send us and music from genres of music. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith Robinson, Blue Marley, the whole Bird School Records. Shout out to them and uh, BMT, Rick Ross Music Group. They're mm-hmm. always, always thinking about us. And so I really, really appreciate the uh, networking connections that we have um, within the mm-hmm. different industries. So as we wait for our next guest, I think this is her who's pulling into the chat room. Let's see. Okay. Welcome, Denise. Hi, how are you? Good night, everybody. Hi, welcome to Miss Chat. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for letting me join in. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. You are more than welcome. Now, for all of those that are not familiar with your book, um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Okay, my name is Denise Carty, and I'm the author. I actually wrote a book. It's titled Relationships Broken Then Mended, and it's actually uh, on Amazon.com if you want to purchase one. It's nine ninety nine. And actually, I wrote this book based on a true life experience I've actually been through different relationships and the reason why <clears throat> I actually wrote this book is because I've been through true and personal events that I've experienced through relationships through my uh life journey and I want to inspire I want this book to deeply inspire and move with with you know with compassion to uh to other people that actually crossed my path you know and also to impact mm-hmm. their life and so I'm just very honored that I'm actually on your radio show so I can, you know, explore more or explain more about why I wrote this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now your book, from all the different relationships that you were in, what was going through your life at that particular time that wanted you to be able to share your experiences with other people? Well, it was a particular time in my life where I was lonely, you know, and I needed a husband in my life. And I was like, God, can you please send me a husband? And so I remember one time riding the train, and, you know, I, I put my head against the window pane and said, God, can you send me a husband? And I remember that very same day I was going home, and the bus was crowded, so I held on to the bar and the bus, and this gentleman was sitting down. And I was standing, the bus was crowded, and like he was looking at me, and I'm looking at him like, okay, are you going to get up and give me the seat? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so when we got off the bus, whenever we got off the bus, he asked me what was my name. And I told him my name. He said, You're not from here, are you? And I said, Why? Because you don't wear makeup or, you know, all the good stuff. I said, No, I'm not from here. And so he goes on that, you know, I felt it overused for him. And the reason why I felt so hard for him, because you know, growing up as a child, I never really had a father figure in my life to show me love. So I would actually try to find love in these different men, different relationships. And so that's where it all started. But it's one particular guy that I actually liked, that I felt in, in over you for, I actually wanted to marry him. And then because he showed me something different that other men never showed me, he didn't really ask for sex early relationships. He was just showing more care and compassion and whatnot, really so hard for that and so he moved on with his life and you know to a different state and I asked his best friend you know what happened why did he move on in his life you know I'm trying to get in touch with him you know and so finally when I got in touch with him I was able to go to the state to see where he's at and then he had actually I told him I wanted, told him I wanted to get married 
And he said, well, I do this, I do that, and I think you should just move on with your life. And so at that moment, it really hurt my life. You know, I was really hurt. And so it took me nine years to go to this relationship. And so from there on, I met somebody else. That didn't work out. Promised me marriage, you know, carry out my money. And I met somebody else. That didn't work out. It was just going from relationship to relationship. That didn't work out. And so, it, you know, one moment in my life, it dawned on me, like, man, I need to pray to God to find me somebody, you know, that's going to be true to me, that's going to love me for, for who I am. Instead of me trying to find it on my own, and it's not I'm not getting nowhere with these men, and so mm-hmm. you know and and so I did that, and so um, I pray to God to send me somebody, but then I realized that you know my true love comes from God because when it says relationships broken, those were the broken times at which with all these men, those were my broken, and when it finally it got mended. That's when I went to God and started praying for God to send me someone. Mhm. Oh. So you've had quite a journey. Yeah, it was quite a life journey. So I know there's, I know, and what it really impacted me to write a book because I know as as I go through life, I've talked to men and women that actually come across my path, and I'm like, oh man, I went through the same thing you've been through. And it's like, oh, man, I've got to write mm-hmm. this book. I've got to write this book. I've got to share my life story because people are having similar situations, you know, like my life story. So I'm like, I've got to write this book, Relationships Broken and Mended, so I can impact others who so have actually been through the same thing. And so that's why it, it dawned me so much to write the book because I know someone's going to be blessed by it. And there's, there's more information in the book that, you know, that I'm not probably saying that that I know it's going to help somebody because, is so much series of um, story, like you know, we ha- like in the book, he talks about the uh, the sweet talker. He talks about um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have my book with me, so I, I can't really remember <laughs> so the title. But the sweet talker and mm-hmm. the one with the um, the pastor, you know, promised me marriage when I have sex, and it's like, wow, really? You're preaching at people's church and you're having sex? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> promised me marriage. I'm going to wow. marry you and. You know, it was, it was really crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, pick up for your birthday. And it's, remember one point in my relationship, I said, you know, it's my birthday coming up and I want you to take me out. And at this moment, this gentleman actually took my virginity because, you know, I thought more or less he's going to take me out to a restaurant and buy me nice things for my birthday. He actually took my virginity. And then, you know, after that, my, my guards fell down. I'm like, wow, I felt so... I felt so hurt, you know, and it's like the next day mm-hmm. I went to the hospital to get checked out, make sure, you know, he didn't give me anything. And I thank God mm-hmm. that nothing happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, so based on, you know, what I'm saying is sometimes when we are vulnerable, you know, we, and we really need love in our life, we can, we can um, you know, run to the wrong person's harm, you know. And I think that we mm-hmm. should actually talk mm-hmm. to God first. To show us and, and choose for us, choose the man for us instead of choosing our own, because we will make wrong decisions when we choose our own relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow, Denise, I have a question. This is Tony. That... <laughs> Go ahead. We both have questions, right, Lee? I want. I want to know right. how. Why would you? Because it sounds like you have gone through quite a series of of um, right. possible relationships. 
why did you not stop and just let it happen naturally and then that and in that meantime know you for you and know exactly what it is that you want. You understand what I'm saying? Why continue to go to these various men and and pretty much tell them that you are looking for a husband instead of just looking within Denise and knowing what it is that she wants and working on her. Well, you see what I'm saying? At those that very time in my life, let's say I was very vulnerable and maybe mm-hmm. I needed I needed I needed love because you know I had a sheltered life. You know, I growing up as a child, I, I had a sheltered life. My father was very strict. Uh-huh. I had love mm-hmm. and you know, you know, I had a beautiful relationship with my stepmom. You know, it was I didn't grow up in a really loving home, and so environment. Okay, yeah. So me finding love from this guy, and it didn't work out, and I tried something else. So really, I was looking for a, a, a father figure. I was looking for love, and I was actually finding love in the wrong places. And, and instead of these men giving mm-hmm. me love, you know, they was actually mm-hmm. taking advantage of my feelings, you know. And I said, well, this right. didn't work it's- out. Let me try this one again. Well, okay, let me mm-hmm. keep on going. It, you know, give him a chance. You know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be hurt the first time. Let let me see what this person's about. And I try it again. Doesn't work out. And finally, mm-hmm. I come to a halt. Like, man, I had enough. This is not enough. You know, this, I had enough. This is just too much. I can't do it anymore because my feelings would just get hurt all over again. And I'll cry. And I'll complain about it. I'll talk to people. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I think you should do this. I think you should do that. And then I'm all better again. Take the Band-Aid, take the Band-Aid off and go try it again. Get all again, all over. And I'm like, I'm getting older. I'm getting older. I'm experiencing this. And I'm like, okay, I think it's time for me to stop. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just kept on. It kept on going when I was younger, and then as I got older, I still did it. You know, hoping. You know, years went by. I said, I'm gonna give myself a chance. I'm all good. I've gotten over you. I'm all, all my boohoo's all done. I'm move on my life. I'm gonna do this, and then here comes somebody else. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, I, I can't believe this. I just got over this relationship, and then here comes somebody else, and that was a problem. I keep meeting these men, and I keep going for them. <laughs> that was a mm-hmm. problem, you know. So it really, really, really hard to stop when it's just coming at me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It so could be hard. It can do be. Do you think that it really it can? Do you think that you on top of your daddy issues, because a lot of us have father issues or mom issues, um, did you confuse love and being needed? Uh, no, not necessarily, because I knew what true love was. And, you know, like I said, I didn't get it at all from my father. And at times, you know, in, in the relationship I've been in, some of the guys will show me love, like they'll be caring, like, you know, like take me to the restaurant, let's eat, let's have fun, let's talk or whatever, you know. I didn't I didn't get none of that relationship from my father at all. He was very strict, and you get, you get whoopings for any little thing. And, he didn't, you know, it's not with the daughter, father and daughter love like a father should have with a little daughter. I didn't, I didn't grow up with that environment and with that kind of love. So I was still, I was still trying to focus and getting it from these guys, you know? 
that's that's mm-hmm. the that was mm-hmm. that was a problem. I was, if you want to say vulnerable, I maybe mean, was vulnerable, but that's where I see mm-hmm. I was getting love, and not all the time I get the true, true love, and some of them may not um may not need me, but to say well I'm gonna take care of her. I'm not gonna hurt her feelings or take advantage, you know. So I didn't I didn't know I I didn't know the difference if I was um taking advantage of or I was really being loved. So and some of them I didn't actually go further in the relationship because I didn't they didn't show me that that you know what I'm, I care about you so I didn't move on with, with those relationships so I did know the difference between needed and want to be loved mm-hmm. and that very guy that I met at mm-hmm. first he actually showed me love and that's why it took me so long to get over him it actually took me nine years to build that relationship because he's the one that actually showed me love and now at first when he met me I wanted to get in my pants you know what I mean. Mm. Wow. So out of all of this, um, Denise, what have you learned about you? What have you learned about yourself? What is that one strength that you have learned from all of this? I have learned just to um, be patient, you know, mm. take mm-hmm. That's I, a I, big I, one. Yeah, just to be patient and knowing that the fact I've tried it on my own so much time and it hadn't worked out. And so mm-hmm. I looked at myself, I said, okay, God, I'm just going to let you choose because I've done it all and it hasn't worked out. And for a moment it seemed like it's working out, but after a while it's just slapping my face again, all over again. So I'm like, okay, I got to be waiting, be patient and just be encouraged. And I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm still waiting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> waiting. So it just showed me mm-hmm. patience, you know, and stop, Stop being so um, vulnerable and just wait, wait for the right person, wait for wait for God to the right person to me. So, you know, in but all you know, aspects, that's a hard one. That that's a hard one to learn, though. And and the fact that you said patience after the journey that you have been on is is huge. And, well, and it's great that you recognize that you need to be patient. Right. In essence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a pattern in the relationships I've been in. You know, like when I date this one person, this is how they treat me, and then they date somebody else. I'm like, dang, you know, it's the same pattern. It's always the same. It's different men, but same pattern, and I know something was wrong. So if I'm dating different men and I'm seeing the same pattern, that means I'm going, to, I'm going about it the way I'm supposed to. I'm going away about it like choosing the men on my own. It's like, it's like if you wait on God, God, I don't know what, who's going to be the right person for you. But when you just go and kind of choose on your own, you know, you may think in your mind, okay, I don't think he's going to be doing that, you know. But then again, you you, you, know, you doubt yourself. Like, you know, let, let me give this um, a, a benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, he's not going to be that way. But it's surprising. Like, oh, my God, you know different from anybody else. And so as I get older in life, I realize that, you know, I have to wait. And sometimes it gets hard. You know, but I think it's going to benefit me in the long run instead of me going through the same thing again. It's like going, you know, it's like insanity, expecting the same result, you know, banging your head against the wall with no same thing. So I decided, you know, I'm going to wait and I'm stay, I'm still waiting. But I know a lot of people have been in my path as far as young women, young men that has crossed my path and, mm-hmm. you know, what I've been through relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I know with this book, 
Okay, you have the sweet talker. You have the, um, you know, the those sweet talk you whisper in the ears, like, girl, you, you look so good, you look so nice. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I met this guy. I was going to school one day, and for some reason I was so happy. I don't know why I was so, I was so happy. Then I came out the house. I'm like, oh, man, I just missed my bus. And then a kind of escalated person just drove by and honked the horn. And I didn't really mean to wait to say stop. Then the next thing you know, he's around reversing. It's like, um, how you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to school. Like, Can I give you a ride? I'm like, no, I'm okay. And then I'm like looking at this guy like, man, this guy is fine. And he's playing Christian music in his truck. I'm like, ooh, he must be a Christian. <laughs> and I, you know, I got in his truck. He took me to school. And it's like we hardly said a word. And he was just, all, all he was playing in his truck was uh, gospel music. And then he's like, well, if you need anything, I'm a pastor. If you need anything, just give me a call. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a call because my pastor needs something for his church. And so in my mind, I'm like, Lord, this must be my husband because, man, he's a Christian. He's playing gospel music. And I call this guy. I couldn't get in touch with him. I call again. Then he kept getting in touch with him. I call and I call and I call and I call. And finally I got in touch with somebody. He said, oh, you're trying to get in touch with my brother. He's not here. And he's like, call again. And finally I got in touch with him. You know, I thought it was going to be smooth sailing, like, yeah, I'm going to be the pastor, the pastor's wife of the church. But he was a person in sheep's clothing. He just wanted to get in the pants, too. So that's, you know, that's mm-hmm. one that's one aspect that I looked at, you know, in my um, broken relationship. And so I know that there's people who have been in my past that have been through probably more or worse. And then, you know, I actually want to explain mm-hmm. to them like, what I've been through so they can be encouraged as well. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a lot. It, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. So I have a question. I I have a question for you. Uh huh. I just want to flip it around a little bit, and then I want to ask a little bit about the book. Okay. If knowing all the things that you know about yourself good things, the bad things, the in-between things, would you date yourself? Uh, I'm actually doing that now, enjoying life, doing a little bit of traveling. You know, I'm single, I got no kids, so I'm getting to know me because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to support my life. I'm just going to, I say, God, you're going to choose for me. I'm just going to wait. You know, I would love to get married. You know, so I'm actually waiting on God to actually bless me with that one, with that person that he has for me, my husband for me. So, yes, I am actually finding myself in that doing the very things like I used to do. Like, see this guy, like, oh, my God, he's cute, you know. Ooh, he's tall. He's light-skinned, you know. I don't do that stuff no more, you know. I just, like, you know, knowing that it's all about the heart. It's not what's on the outside person. And so, yes, I've actually uh, grown up and understand that I don't want to keep going through that same old relationship stuff, you know, from one man to the other to the other. I decided, you know what, it's time to heal. It's time to heal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now I have a question, Denise. This is Tony once again. Do you do you know exactly what type of man that you truly want? 
because it seems that you have come across quite a few different right. quite a few men in different walks of life that you you don't you, you don't want to keep going down the same path right and um i just find it find it interesting that you seem to attract a certain kind but do you know exactly what denise wants in a man i know what i want in a man but it seems like the ones that I don't want, I mean, the ones that come my way, I'm very much interested in them. But for somehow, mm-hmm. their behavior is just kind of, it's not, it's not right, you know. They don't treat me the way I treat them. And one thing I could say about myself, I'm very loyal to my man. You know, I'll take my man, I'll cook, clean, wash, you know, all that stuff. I got, I'll buy a gift, you know, spend money, whatever. And most of the time I date somebody, I don't really find them doing the same thing to me, you know. They're just more like taking from me, take from me a, a lot of the times. And so mm-hmm. if I could find somebody that's maybe equal, you know, like 50-50, I think mm-hmm. the relationship would be better than me just giving so much. Because sometimes when I'm dating a relationship, I feel like I'm actually the man or I'm actually dating myself because I don't really give back. And that's, I think that's one of the things I find in those relationships. But I'm, I'm, I'm the always giving. I'm always a giver. And they're always taking and receiving. Mm-hmm. You know. Now I'm going to say this, though. Um, and this is based just, just a little bit on experience. I think that when you enter into a relationship and you base your needs on pain. So this is what I mean. Most of the time, women got a bucket list. They date Fred. Fred has good things. Fred has bad things. But the bad things, because that was a painful relationship, they take those bad things and they put them on the list. Then here comes Ed. Now, Ed got other things. He does things that Fred didn't do, um, but there are other things that he does. That was another painful relationship, so we take that and we put that Mm -hmm. on our list. And then here comes time. Time, You know what I'm saying? So we take all of the painful things that we experience and we throw those things on our list and I say this to say actually meet someone and you go into a relationship and you base your needs of that relationship on pain once you heal because if it's a good relationship it will heal you once you heal those things will no longer be needs right you see what I'm saying yeah. And the things that you pushed off to the side that you felt were unnecessary, they will become needs because right. those are the real needs uh, in, in from a relationship. Um, but because it's been so much pain, you based your needs off of the lack that came from those bad relationships. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so when I ask, would you date yourself, you – you attract some of who you are. And and not even that, if they're giving and receiving and you're the doer, that means that you get wrapped up in being needed. You see what I'm saying? Because they need you for whatever reason, for whatever purpose, because you're doing all of these things to show them who you are, and these are things that they need. So everybody's not getting the same type of treatment. Mm 
because everybody mm-hmm. doesn't need the same thing. So every man you meet is not needing the same thing. Yeah. But but it's that's just me. You, um, uh, um, that's just me on a generous level. I'm, you know, I don't really do it because I want. But to if it ain't your husband, don't be that generous. You see what I'm well, saying? That's what you're saying. Try doing something differently, and then see if you get a different result. You right. know what I'm saying? You don't. All the things that go under the list of things that you do for your husband, even submissiveness. First of all, you can't just submit 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 to every man. You got to fill out applications. They got to be approved because every man cannot <laughs> handle what submission brings. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of power. Right. And sometimes right. that's that's setting your relationship up for failure because they can't handle that. I remember listening to Jill Scott talking on the radio, and she said, if you could tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, then you cannot tell me what to do. And it's not tell you what to do as far as a controlling type thing or getting you to do for them. It's if you can lead me, then I will follow you. Because right. submission is follow, is blindly following behind somebody. I have to right. trust your steps. I have to blindly follow behind you. So I have to trust that you will protect me. I have to trust that you have security for me. I have to trust that you have everything covered because I'm blindly following you because I'm submitting mm-hmm. to you. So if you can lead me, I will follow you. But if you cannot lead me, I'm not going to follow you. Right. And it's going to be a confrontation in a relationship because it's uh, most men don't know how to lead. They not only not only do they not know how to lead, they don't know how to deal with strong women that know how to lead. Women are born leaders. We're nurturers. We'll be, we're we are influencers. We are builders. We are farmers. That is what we do. And so sometimes if a broken person gets with another broken person, men do the same thing. They base their needs on their brokenness and their pain. Right. And so when they heal, it's no longer something that is really needed. Mm-hmm. So when I asked, uh, when I said, made the comment about being needed, there's a difference between being needed in a relationship and being wanted. Nine times out of ten, in a relationship, when you're no longer needed, then the want is no longer there. The desire to have you is no longer there. Right. But when you get into a relationship where they don't need you and you don't need them, that's different. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Try doing something a little different. You know what I'm saying? Don't right. do as much. He can be great. He can be, you know, whatever you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me, me, but don't give him everything. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't submit to everybody. Right, right. He has to, she has to earn that. So, therefore, you know, since washing his clothes, because if he can't wash his clothes, it's a problem. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If I gotta wash your clothes and you grown, it's a problem. Because we're not we're not we're not husband and wife. So I'm not right. obligated to do those things for you. 
But if I see mm-hmm. that you're not doing those things for yourself and that you are needing me to do those things, that's a sign too. But it's also a sign when you get those men that do everything. They do all the whining and the dining, and they doing this and they doing that, getting your hair done, da 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 da, picking the kids up. They just doing too much when you first meet them. They're burned out. You got to run from them. But I'm saying, no, you got to <laughs> run from them because you're giving me too much. You don't even know me. You volunteering <laughs> to pick up my kids, pay my bills, get my hair done, do this, do that. You don't know me well enough to give me all of that. Because right. even for a woman, submission is a lot of responsibility. Loyalty is a lot of responsibility. Oh, yeah. And when you have preset expectations and you just give those things away, that becomes a problem because really you set not only yourself up for failure, but you set your relationship up for failure because you have a preset expectation of what is going to happen, how they're going to do, what this should be, and what that should be an expectation that they cannot live up to. You see what I'm saying? So just kind of try doing things a little differently. Don't give too much too fast. Everybody can't handle it. Right. Can't handle a strong woman, huh? (laughs) But it's for real. It's just just that song that Alicia Keys, when when you see a good woman, when you see her, you know, and I guess when they um, Mm -hmm. see a good woman and they can't handle what what she has to offer, they take advantage of it, and when they realize that she she leaves, oh man, that was a good person, you know what I mean? And that's when they really want to come back. Well, it's too late because he's already gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate well, you coming to share your time, your space with us here on Let's Chat. Mm-hmm. You are always welcome mm-hmm. back. You got another book that's inside of you. We would be excited for you to come back on and talk about that book with us. Right. Absolutely. And just yeah. work on Miss Denise. <laughs> exactly. Were you able to open the um the link that sent you to listen to the the um the the recording? I wasn't, but what I'm gonna do is I have an application that I'm gonna put it into. And I'm going to make a short, uh, like, um, little snippet, and I'm going to play it on the show. Okay. I appreciate that. I actually wrote a poem. No problem. Yes, we're going to make a short little snippet. So make sure you shout out all your social media where everybody can get your books, uh, where they can contact you. I will. I will. Um. Yeah, I also wrote a poem, so I don't know if you want me to talk about it in the next show or what do you want me to do? Yeah, we can do that the next show. Okay. Because okay. the next show, I got a feeling you're going to be on point. We're going to be talking about some girl I got married yesterday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. I just know it's coming. It's, it's oh, a lot God. of things that's going to be changing for you in 2018. And oh, when you God. come back, you're going to be like, girl, let me tell y'all what happened. So let me, oh, so God. we ready. We ready. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for believing in me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you you're for very all your welcome. You enjoy. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening, sweetie. I will. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So sweet. So mm-hmm. sweet. And, I mean, and as as women,
that's what we do when we get into relationships. You know what I'm saying? We give too much to mm-hmm. them. We don't discern. And, and some men do it too. They give too much to some. You know, you haven't discerned right. if that person even deserves the things that you're giving. We have our next fabulous mm-hmm. guest, Imani Wisdom. Okay. Hey, how are you? Okay. I'm doing great. How are you? Well, good. Thanks so much for joining us, Imani Wisdom. I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. That's my first question. Where did you come up with your pen name? Uh, well, the first first and last name, they're they're really my both names. So, um mm-hmm. I just um my Amani is my mid middle name and Wit Wisdom is my last name. Mm-hmm. So I just you use it. I love it. Mhm. That's a great pen name. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yes. Now, for everybody that is not aware of Imani's Imani Wisdom's pen, tell everybody a little bit about your brand and your Mm -hmm. work. Uh, I am a I write women's fiction, and I also like to write the paranormal. Um, My brand is Pete Nior. it's a pub publishing brand. Um, Pete New York means like pink and black, which is my favorite colors. And um, and I just go. I, what what I write is I like to write um, based on the strength of a woman. And um, some sometimes they start out very meek, and then they blossom through the book into strength. And then, or sometimes I start them off strong, and then and they get tested. But that's just a story for all women. Like, we get tested. Like, we are born to be strong. And mm-hmm. anything that comes test, test us, um, we will, you know, we we will fight. And that's what I like to write about, um, write about the strong women. I like to write about women empowerment, especially black women. So that's pretty much my brand. Mm. That's pretty much what we were talking about with our last guest that was on the show, um, author Denise, you know, talking about the strength of women. And, and sometimes I'm not sure how much of the conversation you heard, you know, mm-hmm. as strong women, sometimes it can be, I don't want to say taken advantage, but taken the wrong way. How do you feel about that? I mean, from my experience, because I'm what what I write a, a lot of times, I go from based from my experience and from from women I know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not so much of being a taken advantage of on my part, but um, I mean, if you allow yourself certain things in your life, it will happen. So, mm-hmm. and for me, on my experience. Um, I, I have done that, and that's what I write about. The book that I wrote, um, The Journey of Ru- Ruthie Bell, she had allowed that abuse to happen to her for 12 years, but it was she, she couldn't help but to happen, and I will explain that, because it happened in the early 1900s. Where could a black woman go from being abused by her, her, her husband? So... Um, mm. 
she uh she had to go to drastic me- measures to break from that to break free from that from from her type of sla- slavery and so there like for me and for her like she couldn't help but to go through certain things but it wasn't so much being taken advantage of um the book that I'm writing now um this is far mm-hmm. opposite of any character that I've written um and she's definitely not being taken advantage of but she's learning to survive so and that's where she started off very strong. She's a very strong woman, and she is being tested and tested and tested. And a woman can be um, – you, you can find how far your strength lies according to how far you can bend. And that's pretty much the premise of her story, this person I'm writing about now. So for me and the the books that I have written or the stories that I have written – it's not so much for them of being taken advantage of. It's just see how far they can bend, and and some some of them to a point of breaking, and some just bending so far until they wake up, and they mm-hmm. had to re, regain of who they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now you say you your first book. I mean not your first book, but the book with uh, the the journey of Ruthie Bell. I think you said it is set in the early nineteen mm-hmm. hundreds. Now, is mm-hmm. your latest book as well set in the early century? It is set far back. <laughs> That's why I'm conducting a whole lot of re- research. And mm, I was going to ask you, I've, how I've was written, that research? <laughs> it's not easy. It's very, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not It's not hard as far as trying to get the information. It's just once you start mm-hmm. lear- learning about Certain things, it gets very exhausting because it's very upset, sad, sad, setting to to learn about your past. So mm-hmm. I know from each story that I write, I learn more about who about myself, not just the character, about mm-hmm. myself. And it's, I mean, it's very exhausting to learn about a lot of dark things that happen, especially to women. Because, you know, there were no women's mm-hmm. rights back then. So right. I, so sometimes I have to stop and just breathe and then go back and mm-hmm. read and then take notes and and then, like, mm-hmm. go on you, YouTube and then I have to stop again, read, and I mean, and, and just take more notes. So it's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, with the first book, well, the first and second book I wrote, I didn't do a lot of re- research. I just based on from the stories from my grandmother and my great-grandmother, the time when they grew up in the South. Um, but this one, I had, I'm conducting a lot of re- research. And mm-hmm. this book, I know that it would probably take me a year to finish. The first two books, wow. um, the, sh- the first one I wrote, it was a short story. It's called Zion's Road. And it took three days for me to write that. Three days. The journey of Ruth, three days. Yeah, it took three days because it's 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 a short story. Um, the 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 book that is out now, it had taken me. I wrote that as soon as I wrote the end on Zion's Road, and I wrote that. It took me well only a few days, but I wrote the first 
three chapters, and then I stopped. And then I didn't pick it back up till four years later. And I wrote that within four months. And But this one, I know it's going to take a year. I just know it mm-hmm. because I just want to make sure, even though it's fiction, I, guess, I just got to make sure everything's done right. Because people know how to go online and look things up. Mm-hmm. That's my question to you, Monty. This is Tony. In, in addition to the research being so exhausting, how do you convert mm-hmm. it into fiction? And even more so, how do you make it palatable for a reader to keep that reader's interest? How difficult is mm-hmm. that? I mean... This person's story is really no different from anyone else's that's living today. And that's what I try mm-hmm. to muse together is what's uh-huh. what's going on today and based on other people's experiences compared to what happened way back then. I mean, what I'm trying to do is the ba- basic, part, ba- basic part is to make sure this, like, the time of it, the um, how they speak, um, how they lived. I just want to make sure that is done right. But the pre- premise mm-hmm. of the story is I'm using with with today's, like what everyone or what every woman is going through now. So it's not easy. It is not easy. It has taken me to write the first chapter two weeks because, like, I have to, like, stop. I mean, I had to, like, make sure, like, this is right. Um, I just got to, like, make sure it's carefully worded. So usually a first chapter, and plus I work, too. I work long long hours. So, But it's taken me mm-hmm. two weeks to write the first chapter. And, I mean, when I read it over, I'm like, okay, is this done right? And so, sometimes, because I know I have to go back and add a few things, but the point is that I've completed it. And and it flows the way I want it. And then I think mm-hmm. think about whoever is going to read this, and that's who I have in mind. Like, how are they going to um, um, relate to this story, even though the time period is like far back? And mm-hmm. I I pray like you know like it would catch catch him in the first. Because, you know, like, I try to, like, catch all the stories, especially in the first, first page. And that is my, mm-hmm. I mean, the goal. The first three pages is so important. For I me, mean, the first three chapters. And so I pray, like, the readers can relate to her. But mm-hmm. right now, for me, like, I can relate to her. And if, it's some, if, if I'm writing something and I know that it's not working out, I will stop. But right now... Mm-hmm. I wake up think, thinking about what I'm going to write next. I'm at work thinking about the character. I'm at work um, mm-hmm. sometimes during my lunch and my break. I'm online doing re- research. So mm-hmm. right now I am feeling this story. And I know it's going to be a mi- minute be- before I'm done, but that that's all right. Just as long that mm-hmm. it is done right. That's interesting now because I have a money for you, <laughs> money. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I know you you base this story on um, things that you've learned from your 
mother and your grandmother, but what made you want to reach back and do a historical fiction book? I like learning about my past because a person can't go too far if they don't know where they come from. And I just like writing about history. I love history. I always love um, history. Now, if you're referring to uh, the journey of Ruth, Ruth Ruthie Bell, that story picks up off from, from, from Zion's Road. That story happened 100 years before Zion's Road. And because Zion's Road opened up in 2006, and he is the first male character I've written. Well, he's the first character I've written, and he is the first male character thus far that I have written. And he's the first white lead character. And oh. Ruthie Bell is in, she's brief, briefly in the story, in that short story. And mm-hmm. when I was writing her dialogue, I just said, okay, there's some, something about her. There's more to her story. So when I typed the in, initially I started to write something different, and I started to write the lead character's wife, and I wasn't quite fit feeling it, so I just wrote a couple of pages. So I moved on to write about Ruthie Bell, and it just, it just flowed. It just made sense. I mean, I can relate to her more than I can relate to his wife. And, mm-hmm. of course, you know, with the stories with my grandmother and my great-grandmother, you know, about their childhood, it was really easy. But the only thing is I had her accent, her southern accent in my head, and my grandmother, mm-hmm. she was my inspiration behind her accent. And it was very hard to write it on paper because I wanted the re- re- readers to hear her accent in their head when they read the book. Mm-hmm. And and it was um it was difficult because at first I was thinking, okay, maybe I should write it like Alice Walker color purple. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. no, I don't want it to sound like that because that was so different when I read her. And I said, no, I'm just going to leave it the way it is. I'm just going to drop like when she say words like jumping, I'm just going to drop the G and just have the comma behind the end. And or certain things, how she's, you know, how she pronounced certain words or she will stop and start telling a brief story. And I'm like, OK, this sounds like my grandmother. So but it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. I It had taken me. I wrote the first chapter Three times I wrote the last chapter, at least seven. Because I know usually when you write, going toward the end, you rush. So I wrote the mm-hmm. last chapter at least seven, seven times. So I just, for her accident, wasn't easy. This character that I write mm-hmm. now, I wanted to make sure she was different with Ruthie Bell. Much different. Even though they... Their struggles is kind of the same, but I wanted her to be different. I wanted her to um, be educated in her own might. Ruthie, she wasn't, um, she never had any type of schooling, but she was smart in her own right. But I wanted the dialogue and 
And she also, I'm, I'm also writing this in first person. I like to write in first person because I like, because I feel like they are talk, talking to me in my head, and then I put it on paper. So mm-hmm. this is like for her, she speaks different from Ruthie, um, and how she announced her words is much different. So um, I didn't want her to appear like, like I'm trying to write Ruthie Bell all over again, and that's another challenge mm-hmm. too, because Ruthie Bell was has been part of me for years, and mm-hmm. now I'm move, moving on, and I feel like this this character is so much a part of me, and mm-hmm. but she has to be different compared to what I have wrote in the past. And that's the ch- challenge for right now. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question, um, Imani, uh, before we wrap up the interview. I know you say you mm-hmm. put in your your research and you like the historical aspect of your writing. Have you ever come mm-hmm. across uh, some revelations in your research that kind of changed the plot of a story that you want, uh, the, a plot of the direction that you wanted to take your characters in? Centered around that time frame because we don't get many authors uh, that write in early century. Um. Yes, this one I'm doing now. Yes, definitely. Yes, 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 yes. I came across some re- research and and I just beamed. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. This is so perfect. But it's just trying mm-hmm. to immerse in it with the story just to make sure that it right. it makes sense since um mm-hmm. you know I'm I don't want to say what genre this is but I will say that um it had you know it fic, 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 fiction yes it's not real but you have it had to make sense it, I mean it just had to make sense cuz I want the like whoever's re- reading it like Kind of turn they notes up and says, huh? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it has to make sense, but yes, I mean, it, this recently, and I came across this re- research and I read it, and then I like moved on because I, I try to read three different, um, different links of what I'm reading to make sure this is right. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I kept reading it, and I got more info and more info, and and I just beamed. I'm like, this makes perfect sense. It makes per perfect sense of who mm-hmm. she is, and it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense like how it's supposed to end. Because I always know how every book I write, even if I start with the first um par- paragraph, I know how it's gonna end. Mm-hmm. I said, this is perfect. This is so perfect. Mm-hmm. So yes. This is it the makes first it all time worth it, right? that it happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course it makes mm-hmm. it worth it. I mean, it yes. just, it just, I mean, it it just makes it worth it, even though the research is exhausting, and then trying right. to squeeze in the writing time. I'm trying to, you know, at least do two hours, but I know I do more than that, and I didn't even get mm-hmm. to sleep till about three o'clock this afternoon. So you know when. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up, you know, to do this in, interview, which I'm enjoying, and oh, and then I'm doing, you. you know, just you're welcome. And then I'm, you know, getting ready to go to work, and then I'll be working all night. But like the point is, 
Mm-hmm. It's like I'm doing something what I love to do. So I, you know, and I can lose sleep over that. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I, I can lose sleep over that because two hours, yes, okay, this is the time frame that I'm forcing myself to do it because prior to what I'm this 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 project, I have not written mm-hmm. a word in over a year mm-hmm. since I started working, and I have not written written anything. So and I started missing and I was didn't understand why I was so depressed, so you know, like it just felt like all I did was work, 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 work. And I was putting everything mm-hmm. I loved to the side. And then like and then the strangest thing, my doctor of all people and I wasn't feeling well. I was sick for almost an entire month of um of, of last month. I was so sick and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And I went to her, and, you know, she was asking me questions, and I was telling her, like, okay, well, I published two books, and, and I, you know, be, before I started this job, I loved to get up early in the morning, and I, you know, wrote, you know, for, for so much so, so mm-hmm. much amount of time. And, mm-hmm. and she said, well, this is what I want you to do. I'm thinking she was going to write a pre- prescription because my blood, blood pressure been getting high. She said, mm-hmm. I want you to go back and work out, which that, that, that's what I was doing. And she said, just do it for a half, half hour. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like stunned that she said that. And then she said, uh-huh. I want you to write at least two hours a day. Oh. I said, that's it? She said, yeah, write two hours a day. I'm like, okay. So that, that's what I've been doing <laughs> ever, ever since. And it's been, it's, I mean, I've been feeling a lot better. So, I mean, the body can do strange things when you start feeling depressed. Mm -hmm. And that's what she said. I want you to write two hours a day. I said, that is the weirdest thing a doctor has ever said to me. Yeah. And she said, I want you to write two hours a day. And that that's what I've been doing ever ever since. I try to squeeze in writing time, two hours, or at least do research. But two hours, mm-hmm. and today wow. it was longer than two hours. I know it was longer, but I was really in, into mm-hmm. it. And then I looked, looked, looked at the clock, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna stop and try to go to bed. And then I just kept going, mm-hmm. and kept going, and going. Then I looked, 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 looked at the clock again. I'm like, whoa, I have to go to bed. So <laughs> you were in a that, groove. That's how, yeah, I was in a groove. I was really in a groove. I mean, I just didn't want to stop. Like be, 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 before I started working. Like my writing time in the morning was at least four. I mean, four hours. I I wrote between twenty twenty five hundred to five thousand words a day. That that's how I was able to finish my project so fast. This this this, this time, mm-hmm. it I can sometimes I can get lucky writing a page, but today right. I'm in a groove. So. Mm. So yeah, I mean, you gotta yes, I'm get it I, when you can. I have to get it when I can. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's bet, bet, better to write something than write nothing, anything at all. So that's true. That's how I'm lo- that's looking true. at it right now. Mhm. That's true. Well, I'm glad you got some some good stuff done today. But Imani, we like yeah. to wrap up our interviews with a fun question, and your fun question is going to take us back in history. Uh, because mm-hmm. I have been fascinated by your desire to, to use history in your books. But mm-hmm. if you were stranded on a desert island 
And you had mm-hmm. three artifacts from the early 1900s in order to survive. What would they be? Mm-hmm. Three. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I will say in today's world, a book in t- today's modern a book. world. Okay. Mhm. I will have a book. I will have a some paper and one of those little scroll pens and with ink. Oh, I like and that. Oh, yeah, I like that. I will have that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what those are separate three, but those are the three that needs to be together, you know, with the paper, with the ink and the scroll mm-hmm. pen. You know, that's mm-hmm. one. And then a book and uh, some food. <laughs> Just some food. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, I like those happy. supplies. Yeah, and especially the beach, you know, with the light on, on the island. That's plenty of space mm-hmm. for me to go run. So, Yes, that will. Yes, oh, I, like I will be. Oh, yeah, I will be okay until help comes. As long uh-huh. as I have a book, <laughs> I have a some paper with the ink and scroll pen and food. Yes, I will be okay. Yep, I, <laughs> I will like be those. okay. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Right from yep. early 1900s. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you yep. so much, Imani, for joining Alicia and I tonight here on Let's Chat. But please, before you go. Uh, please shout out mm-hmm. the social media handles and any new work that you have coming out that you'd like our listeners to pick up and where they can find it. Okay. Um, I am on Facebook. I'm on fa- Facebook.com slash Amani Wisdom. I'm on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. Twitter.com, Amani underscore Wisdom. I'm on, and then mm-hmm. I have my website, um, AmaniWisdom.com. And... Pretty much I'm everywhere as long as it's slash Imani with Wisdom. Um, okay. My books, uh, you can find Zion's Road and The Journey of Ruthie Bell online. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Zion's Road is an e-book, but uh, The Journey of Ruthie Bell is an e-book as well as um, book book. And um, mm-hmm. and I also manage uh, this writer. Her name is Naima, and she writes erotic. So she will have some work coming out in a few months. So um, just awesome. look out for her. And she is on fa- Facebook as well. Her her handle on Facebook is um, I am Niami B on Facebook. That is fa- Facebook dot mm-hmm. com slash I am Niami. That's N A I M A B. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining me, Shania, here on Let's Chat. We so appreciate you coming on and sharing your your time as well as your journey with us. And you are always mm-hmm. welcome back as well as uh, your authors that you manage. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great evening, and, and make sure you, you get too. those two hours of work in tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, and see, I am off tomorrow too. So yes, I will. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna do a whole lot of it. Yes, it's gonna be more more than two hours tomorrow. Awesome. Well, awesome. make sure you, you get enjoy it and go in between. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining me. We appreciate you coming Thank on the you. show. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, good night. <laughs>
I love talking to Harley. Taking us down history lane. I loved it. And I love getting different ass, you know, I just people's writing process really, really, really um it's interesting to me. Um, why they write what they mm-hmm. write, how they research, you know, and how it all comes together behind the scenes. I love to mm-hmm. experience people's passion for what they do. So I'm glad that she was able to come on here and kick it with us. I'm glad all of our guests today were able to come on here and kick it with us today in the chat room. We will see you guys next week. Till then, make sure you vote for Let's Chat and Right and Royalty Promotions. Go to mbpawards.com forward slash vote. And we will see you guys Absolutely. next week. Thanks for doing it. Doesn't matter if I'm gonna make it through it all. Going out, I think I believe in me. I know I'm glad if I just believe. I know I can't, can't reach my dreams. My vision's I can clearly see. But no one can stop me. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.